Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hidden World of Women podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Trisha. And today we are going to be talking about the mistreatment of Indigenous women, specifically in Latin America. And Trisha is going to start us off. Yeah, so in recent news, you might have heard about the rape of a 13-year-old girl in Colombia by seven soldiers um, who ultimately pleaded guilty. Um, but I thought it was interesting because I I was looking at the way that they sort of dealt with it and what was really going on. So the mayor, he was saying like, oh, they dishonored their uniform and their dignity. And um, the Colombian army chief, he actually condemned any abuse. Um, and he said it doesn't represent the ethical conduct of the military. And... The reason he's doing this is because there's been a long history of the abuse of power within the military in Colombia and military against indigenous people. And so, like, this is their way of, like, sort of regaining the trust. But I think one thing that I thought was really specific or interesting, too, was um, comparing it to the way that the United States deals with the raping of indigenous women as well, because that's, that's a huge problem in our country. Yeah, and I definitely think that this has gone back decades, hundreds of years from when Americans first started to colonize America. Well, they weren't Americans back then, but they became Americans, um, like Christopher Columbus and people like that, which, side note, Christopher Columbus Day should be called Indigenous People's Day, and a lot of people do recognize this, but it's not officially the holiday, which makes me very mad, but... Going back to what we were talking about, yeah, this has been going on for decades in America as it has been in Colombia and other Latin American countries. So we're going to talk about a little bit about the history of Colombia and the mistreatment of indigenous people in Colombia next. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you said about like Christopher Columbus Day because he was not a good person. But yeah, history of Colombia. So if you don't know, Colombia is a country in the north of South America, next to Venezuela and Ecuador. And indigenous people only make about 1% of the population. So um, just for some like political background, I guess, the government is a republic. So it's very similar to the United States because it has president, executive, legislation, legislative, and judicial branches. And currently there's a kind of political instability I couldn't find too much on Colombia in terms of just like what the United States media has covered because you also have to keep in mind everything we're saying has like a little bit of bias in it because our sources are from United States media so they may have like skewed it a little bit in some way not obviously not not to discredit any of the information that we're saying but um, I think that's something important to keep in mind but with the political instability, the previous president, Alvaro Uribe, he was involved in a lot of the crimes that the military committed. And he's very, he's a hard figure. Yeah, controversial, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Leader, yeah. Um, and some people hate him, some people love him. And his actions in abusing the military have... The, the country is basically still recovering from these decades of, like, armed conflict. Like, there was a civil war 
that lasted for decades and ultimately ended in June 2016. So I think that's important context to keep in mind when we're looking at this issue. But again, connecting it back to this like parallels with the United States, I guess not parallels, but like connections. I think it's interesting, like the way that they deal with it now, there's sort of like a dichotomy um, of like the nature of military because on the one hand, there's like this element of like machismo or like strength and like powers in the military because like, you know, they do protect people. It's like honor. But then there's also like a lot of corruption vein through it. And I think it's interesting that they recognize that, like the the Colombian um, army chief, Edward Zapatero, he like recognized that and he like condemned it. And so I think versus the United States, who almost uses that notion of like patriotism and like serving America, sometimes they do that to cover things up and to ignore the reality of the situation. So I thought I thought that was really interesting that they they did that. Yeah, absolutely. I just think I don't know. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the indigenous mistreatment, but I know that the US military has done some of the same things, which is absolutely horrible and needs to be stopped because some these some of these people in power think that they can just do whatever, right? Because they have like a gun and they're like, oh like I am better than all of you but the problem is that that gets their head and even connecting it back psychologically we know that that's what happens to people in power because of the stanford prison experiment Mm -hmm. um if you're not familiar with that look it up because it's very interesting but yeah we just know that people in power are going to abuse their power if they're given the chance to and it's no different here in the military with indigenous people yeah um I think Alex next is going to talk about some of the long-term indigenous mistreatment in Colombia. Yes, so it goes back many, many, many years, as you can probably guess, because their civil war and civil unrest has been going on for decades as well. Um, so basically, in 2010, Amnesty International spoke out against the crimes against indigenous peoples to try and fight for them most of which included the military threatening them, forcing them to fight, cutting off their food and supplies, like invading their personal native territories and many other things like that, which is, you know, good for Amnesty International that they were able to speak up for them, but obviously things haven't changed too much um, because the government protects their sources of exports, which invade the indigenous lands. So that's the reason why the military was invading their lands just because they needed you know their coca their sugar and many of their exports that keeps their economy alive so basically they weren't valuing the cultures of the indigenous people because they were worried too much about their own economy and honestly i think that's very relatable to the u.s today mm-hmm. yeah yeah like there's so many instances and in, like policies where governments lately have just pushed out indigenous people because for economic reasons i'm not i haven't looked this up too much but i heard that trump was trying to do like this economic thing with the grand canyon and that was like really affecting like indigenous people and like oh yeah i heard about that yeah, too and they're right? like trying to drill like oil or something from the like this natural land that we've had for like our, like one of our national parks like that is very very frowned upon mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, yeah it's it's pretty bad yeah it's horrible and especially since indigenous people are 
already being affected more negatively than most because they are a minority population by COVID-19 right now um, because they already face food insecurity and poor nutrition before COVID-19 even started, right? We've seen documentaries about indigenous peoples not having enough food, right? Because their closest grocery store is what, like an hour away or something off their reservation. They also have less hospitals because of this and access to hospitals, ventilators, doctors, medical supplies, all that stuff. We heard about that scandal with Trump where he sent body bags instead of actual medical supplies to help out the indigenous people with their COVID-19 crisis, which is horrible. And that's not what a government should be doing. Um, Yeah, and they already face threats by government to like run pipes through their land and invade their land. So they're already at risk of being wiped out. And with COVID-19, basically their culture is also at risk of being wiped out, not just their people, because, you know, the tribe's elders carry this oral tradition down through their generations. Um, and without that, with if they're unable to pass it down because they get sick of COVID-19 and die, then their culture is being ruined and there's nothing they can do about it because nobody's helping them. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually a really really good point. Like we really need to preserve and recognize the culture because that's really sad. Like, I mean, I don't know like a lot about their culture, but I would love to hear about like if if any of you guys like know or listening and know a lot about like Colombian culture or like Colombian indigenous culture, definitely leave a comment down below because we would love to hear. Um, I think also another thing is like. I mentioned earlier that indigenous people only make about 1% of the population. So the fact that they're being overrepresented in a lot of these really, really bad issues, like like lack of care for COVID and like their indigenous women are getting raped, like that is such a big issue. And it shows like how little like equality they have, right? Like it's just, it's just so frustrating that this is like the this is like the baseline like we need to give indigenous people support because like society yeah yeah they were here first and we're the ones who invaded their land yeah and they deserve to have it protected they deserve to have their culture protected just like anybody else in any country so some ways that we can help them being you know across a whole country (laughs) Um, so basically being an ally is probably the most important thing, you know, sharing information, spreading information, learning more about their culture and everything and like spreading people, raising awareness for what's going on right now. But with this, you must not over talk over them or make sure that you're not like writing their narrative for them. Um, and also reaching out to your local news station, maybe with information so that they can cover these issues because Trisha and I found this kind of I think you said you found it on TikTok or something Trisha yeah so it's not really being widely covered um so yeah those are just ways that you can help you can also donate obviously there's a link in our in our Instagram with a ton of great resources to donate to so please help them and honestly just learn more about them because I think that native culture is extremely important and it does it does you really well to learn more about other people's cultures and become more of an understanding individual yeah do you guys think we should make a card like a like a just for our podcast and like every single episode we can just like link things 
like petitions and stuff. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you guys are interested in that, we could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, and then put in our Instagram bio. I think that would be really nice. Yeah. I think that would be a great idea, too. Well, yeah, that concludes our episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening and learned maybe a little something about Indigenous people in Colombia and how. Well, we hope that you guys have a wonderful day. Um, make sure to check out our Instagram for more updates about when we're posting and we're also doing some posts which are outlining these podcasts so if you want some more information go check out our instagram at hidden world of women have a wonderful day thank you for listening